You're listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast, discussing all aspects of precision and long-range rifle shooting. This episode is brought to you by Impact Dynamics, advanced training for the precision shooter. And now, over to your hosts. Well, hello and welcome to the Precision Shooting Podcast. My name is Rusty and this episode is number 56. Uh, This is actually a continuation from the last episode uh, as we wrap up the first Precision Rifle Series Australia event uh, held in Mildura um, at the beginning of June, the Vortex Cold Steel Open. Uh, The guys that you'll hear, uh, apart from myself, uh, in the room with me is Nick Halliwell from Ignition Custom Engineering. Uh, Also on the line is Greg Small from the Precision Rifle Series Australia, Uh, as well as two of the production uh, competitors, um, Sean McNally and then uh, Andrew Stevens, who actually took out their division uh, completely. This episode is, um, as you heard before, brought to you by Impact Dynamics, but specifically the PRS Match Ready course that is being released and run for the first time later this year. It's a three-day course that uh, touches on elements of long-range shooting, as well as a heavy emphasis on this PRS style of shooting, so covering positional shooting, stage breakdown, and other factors that are involved uh, to get you ready to uh, shoot your first match. Anyway, we, uh, we pick up the discussion as we uh, check out the next stage in proceedings. Andrew, do you want to take us through our next stage, which is stage 10, which is I Ain't No Dope? Uh, what was it? Um, this one? Yeah, I, yeah, this one was quite tricky, I found. A lot of people did it easily. Um, it was three targets. There was 300, 400 and 500 metres. Um, and in 90 seconds, you had to engage um, the target, um, normally from the prone position, um, and then each time you had to drop the magazine. Um, and Sorry, uh, getting confused now. Um, you had to engage the targets from the near target to the far target um, with one yeah. round. With it, and it was a hit to move, so you had to hit each one as you went out. Once you'd hit the three, out to 500, you had to um, go and collect a second magazine, so drop magazine, run a short distance, get another magazine and come back, and then re-engage the targets um, from the from your weak side shoulder. There was one little caveat to the uh, how we had to uh, acquire our target on our dope, though. That's right. We weren't allowed to actually dial any dope, so you had to hold um, for all three targets as well, um, which, which seemed to work fine on the normal shoulder, but I had never shot off the weak shoulder before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I looked oh. ridiculous when I was trying. I just couldn't get a sight picture at all. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was very difficult, I thought, but a lot of guys in, in um, seem to make it look so easy, to be honest. So this is a, um, a PRS skills stage, which is PRS skills stage number four, um, or an adaptation of it. And, and so these, these are uh, four different stages that will, at least one of, appears in every PRS event, both in Australia and in the US. Now, it can be more than one, can be anywhere between one and four and these are utilized for a couple of reasons one is they're they're the tiebreakers of the match because we also record time and they're also a bit of a, a benchmarking tool so you can see how you performed at this event versus the previous one given that the stages and the locations and stuff were different these stages are going to be the same um have i got that right greg yeah is that's that about that's that's okay? um that's that's about bang on um it, it literally is a a benchmarking tool um well primarily it is used as a tiebreaker as you said um but it is it has the ability to be able to transfer um across and you'll be able to see how well you're doing over a large period of time or also how well you're doing against another demographic a shooter or or whatever because the stage will be shot the same i mean it might be called something different later but the, the target size the distance and the actions will all be the same. Um, so, yeah, it, that's exactly right. 
and and so this stage I really like because it does test um, support shoulder shooting, this was which, I'm, which I'm going to get, get to yeah. in in a moment, and and also the fact of not being able to dial um, your uh, distances or your elevation uh, adjustments, so having to hold over, which for some people they they don't practice that they dial everything, so it really does test that, and 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 certainly gives the options of speeding up. Um, Sean, have you shot much on the support side on on what you know the weak shoulder? Not a cracker. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. And and how'd you go on this one? Um, I I managed to get up to the support bench, but didn't. Oh, I timed out, so I never got to shoot that support side. So you completed the strong side first, got you to magazine, got back, and then yeah. timed. And then timed, yeah. Well, you got through without without any sort of dope wall holding over, so that's a feat in itself. Yeah, the, really. the holdovers were fine, but that that also comes down to such a great scope I was using too. You know? <laughs> of course he was. He was using, <laughs> he was using a Gen I was doing two. the Vortex Gen two racer, you know. But <laughs> such clear optics, it was awesome. What do you remember? What magnification you were running on that stage, or you, you can't remember? Um, most of this sort of stuff. I, I started off on the higher mag. I think they okay, go up yeah. to twenty seven. But yep. that's way too much, and you have trouble finding your um, target. So mm. most of the stages, I actually dialed back to 15 and left it at that, and that was more than enough. At 600 yeah. metres, that's more than enough scope. Yeah, that, uh, for, that uh, first that. focal Gen 2 is definitely worth a, worth an investment, oh, I think. Yeah. So that, yeah I can't uh, wait to put mine on now. Yeah, you've got one, you like to fuck it. I'm waiting on So Andrew picked one up off the prize table, obviously, thanks to Vortex what an awesome for sponsoring prize. it. What an awesome Tell you prize. what, they've done well with sponsorship on that. It was fantastic. Yeah. Thank you, Vortex. Nick, how did you go on this stage? You, you, you scored all right. Um, yeah, it's the one thing that's going in my favour um, that not many people know about. I'm, I'm actually ambidextrous, uh, purely ambidextrous, and I'm left-eye dominant. Um so <laughs> I, thought you were, I thought you were amphibious because um, I was pretty. I was pretty certain you're a reptile. I'm, I'm something, Greg. I'm something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah it, it's kind of weird. Um, Don't put him in a box, Greg. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was lucky enough. Um, I shoot a NSX in second focal plane. I run it um, 22 mag nonstop. I don't. I don't ever dial out uh, with my magnification. Um, but I shoot two eyes open, so I can actually co-witness uh, with my left eye and, and pick things up that way. Um, and holding dope with a 260 rem off the top of my head, it was about 0.9. Uh, then it was like two and then like, um, 2.9. So I just held one, two and three mil. So it, it made it quite convenient for me to actually, to hold that. Um, I was able to get out. Um, I got the three shots fairly cleanly. The first three, um, I did a mag change, got back again, hit the first, um, the 200 meter gong, um, pretty clear or the 300 meter gong pretty cleanly. Um, and then I had a brain fart. Um, I went to the, I went to the next gong and I'm like, yep, no worries. I'm on this. I've got plenty of time, um, on the left, uh, the left shoulder. I'm, you know, going for it and, oh, holy crap. That went low. What's going on there? Shooting. I'm like, is this, this like, is this the right gong I'm shooting at? Well, hang on a minute. And I was aiming dead center of the crosshairs. I didn't hold. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I did that for. And then I'm like, oh, okay. And then I held and then I timed out after that. So I didn't actually get to that last position. So I got the five out of the six. That's good. Um, so it wasn't too bad, but only because I think I missed like three times in a row. And I even looked up and looked behind the guys and said, can you see where that landed? And they're just like shaking their head like, ooh. <laughs> so it was it was rather entertaining. Um, I will make note that a few people were shooting um, a weak shoulder but strong hand yep. when they were shooting, which I thought was quite an interesting technique. Um, so that was interesting to note. This is commonly the way I do it. Yeah, is, is weak shoulder but still strong hand. Yeah, so that was that was quite a uh, quite an interesting technique. Um, so yeah, I think that might be something I might try. But I mean, considering I, I do you know shotgun and pistol natively left handed, depending on the stage, um, I'm just sort of going to roll with what I sort of <laughs> what I, what I do now. So just shoot right left as required. Yeah, brilliant. I, I was lucky with it with the dope on that one. Like my three hundred meters happened to be one mil, my four hundred meters happened to be two mil, and my five hundred happened to be three mil. Weren't shooting the same gun as Nick, were? You? <laughs> yeah, you were shooting my gun on that stage, were you? So yeah. <laughs> shooting the Nerf gun. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> what caliber were you shooting for that one? That was two four three. Okay. Yep. 
And that was... Oh, uh, wow. Okay. I was shooting was, the one, uh, 260 with a 140 grainer. So they're very yeah. similar trajectory then. Yeah, that's well, 87 the, grain VMAXs. But that's factory, the, the new OSA ammo. Uh, oh, nice. Okay. That's yep. brought out. And I think we were getting oh, just over 3,000 feet per second out of the barrel. Okay, yep. And that's uh, well, over, over 15 shots. We're only getting a variation of about 97 and that's for factory ammo. So it's a new ammo that they've just brought out, and it's really, really good. The Aussie-made stuff's just awesome. Hey, Nick, what, what did you say you were running 300, 400, 500? What was your dope? Um, I think it was, off the top of my head, it was 0.9 and a, about 2 and then 2.9, or right on that margin, I think, off the top of my head. So it was, it was right next to it. 0.9. In mil, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, and I'm just trying, I'm comparing it to my um, my 223 because my 223 would be 1.1, 1.8, and 2.8 for the, for, wow. th- for three, four, and 500 meters, respectively. Greg, you're not allowed to run 300 meters close to the target, mate. You have to shoot it from the firing <laughs> position. That's that's correct. You're right. <laughs> he's, he's very fast, though. He is fast. He is well, fast. Well, he can use your ute, Carney, to go out there. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I make the rules. <laughs> oh, good. Do well, as speaking I, of, do as I say, not as I do. Speaking of rules, uh, let's move on to uh, I like a do to cha cha. I like a do to cha cha. Which you def- definitely say better than I, and, and I did have some interesting cha uh, cha dances going on from some of the competitors. But um, it wasn't this is, me this time. <laughs> no, you're right. Yours was not interesting at all. Um, this is uh, one of the stages I arrowed uh, on Sunday, and this again is a PRS skill stage. Um, so it, what, what they would do is a shooter's rifle would be in the starting position, and um, although we. we um, we got the shooters stand back off the rifle and then they'd drop down um, into uh, the position and they'd um, engage a target at uh, 300 metres, which is a 200 mil target. And once they hit it, they could then move on to a, a target at 500 metres, um, which was, I think actually we ended up using the same size target I for believe it. it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we did. Yeah. And then they'd have to um, drop the mag out and, and they had the option of either replacing the mag with a different one or dropping it out, touching the ground and back in. And then they'd re-engage those same targets, but in reverse order. So the 500 metres and then the 200 metres. Again, hit to move. Now, if they'd completed all of that, they'd then have to transition to, um, we used a bench, but the same height as a, as a box. Concrete range bench, yep. Yep, and they'd go over there as a barricade and they'd, Effectively, do the same thing, but on slightly larger targets that were, were different to the uh, the previous ones, and so they'd shoot 300, 500, and then 500, 300. No seat, just uh, no seats, <laughs> no <laughs> balancing any way you could. Correct. So basically, using it as a barricade. Um, and it was a uh, this is again part of the tiebreakers of the stages, and. It was um it was really good to see guys go. Uh, we had a lot of guys get to that three hundred meter target and then just struggle with that five hundred. Mm. Um, it was a tough target at five hundred, and but the guys who got onto it, um, actually I had quite a few guys hit it once. So hit the three hundred, hit the five hundred, and then just the turned to jelly. Just that, yeah. that that mag change threw them off enough that they just could not get back onto target. Um, and then uh, you know, obviously a few guys uh, a few guys cleaned it. And um, kudos to uh, Andy McNeil, actually, who absolutely smashed this stage. It was a 90-second stage, and he completed it in just over uh, 60 seconds. I, th- I think those uh, Team Swamp Donkey guys are actually uh, using those same magnetic projectiles in both games <laughs> because they're both running a pair of AIs. So might That's have to might have to uh, declare shenanigans on that stainless one. Stainless steel targets. <laughs> stainless steel targets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that or plastic. Um, one or two. Um, and I, I remember speaking to Ashley Porner the night before, and he was saying, Matt, I, I really hope this is a, a tight competition and comes down to like those guys who make the wrong, you know, just tiny errors. And on this stage... Poor Ashley has uh, come to the last <laughs> shot, which is a 300 meter over the barricade, last shot of it worth one and a half points. And he has grabbed a round out of his two round holder. And I've looked and he's already got rounds in his magazine and he's thrown it into the chamber. And oh, I've no. gone, I know how this ends. <laughs> 30 seconds <laughs> and away. He is, well, no, oh, no, 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 this no. is a jam coming up. Yeah, oh. so he's, he's, he's had now two rounds sitting there and he's 
you know, smash the bolt forward and not being able to get it too that far because he's got two rounds. Poor defiance that he was running. Oh, oh. And, and I, just, I felt for him going, oh, no. that's Because he was on track to do a decent, decent, a very decent time. It would have been a full, you know, would have scored everything, full points. Did he look at you with those puppy dog guys like, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> I think he was trying to work out what he had yeah, done. Yeah, what have I done to myself? <laughs> and I, I did let him know afterwards that he was, uh, had he got that one shot off, he would have been uh, three positions up from where he finished. Oh, don't say that um, to him. That would have destroyed him. <laughs> I, I, I did let him know. And he was stu- he was stoked because exactly what he's talking about the, the night before is of it being a very close competition and you had to be right on your game to, um, you know, you, you could quite easily drop one half points and drop a couple of places. But his uh, imaginary teammate for the day, Damie, uh, Jamie, he actually uh, clean swept it. JD, from what I understand. Yeah, he uh, he cleaned it as well. Um, but and I don't know, Lucas and and Crispy came through, um, and they cleaned about Crispy seven, 76, 77, even with a broken leg. Yeah. And then uh, uh, Scott, that wasn't broken; that was fake. Scotty, man, <laughs> Scotty and Andy took great pleasure in wiping about 15, 16, 17 seconds off their times. Wow! And uh, and actually smashing it. So um, there was some really good shooting on that stage, and I've talked far too long, guys. How did you enjoy that stage? <laughs> yeah, I did well on that one. I think I got twelve points as well there. So nice. Uh, I remember it just yeah. sort of felt good. It's good when things just work your way, and every time I threw the gun up again, it was pointed straight at it. So I just kept going. Yeah, that's the right, Andrew. You finished with a uh, point. 11 seconds left. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the last round, point. it was a pull the trigger and hope, and it hit it. So. <laughs> did did you close your eyes and cross your fingers? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think he did more than that. And, he, uh, and yeah, absolutely full full points there. What about yourself, Sean? I, I think I only scored a six for that. But I have a yep. feeling I had a, um, uh, a hang-up. Uh, there's one of the, and I think That's it was right. that one. I had a hang up, so I had to wait for 30 seconds. Yeah, um, oh, they're evil, aren't but they? But what, what it was, it was my first shot. Because you've got to put your magazine right. in. And my bolt was a little bit forward, and then I put the magazine in. Oh, I remember seeing then, that. That's yeah, right. And then put the bolt forward, and I didn't chamber, pulled the trigger, and I was like, and we just looked at each other and go, oh, no. <laughs> so you still managed to actually get some shots away after that problem? Yeah. So well, he still, still had 60 seconds oh, remaining. Okay, cool. yeah. Yeah. And I scored a no, six. No, that's good. And, and well, that's, that was yeah. after a 30-second wait for the hang-up. Now, is that 30-second wait after either a, um, like a, a failure to fire or whatever, is that like a, a um, range rule? Yeah. Where, where does that 30 seconds come from? Yeah, that was a, that's a, it's a double S double A requirement um, uh, that anytime there's a potential hang fire, um, mm-hmm. and now look at that, like not picking up a round or or it actually being a hang fire to an RO looks exactly the same. Yeah, so, you can't tell from the outside of the, the gun. So yeah, so so that thirty second um, delay is is a safety precaution. Um, and so we had to make we we actually had to sit and think about a rule, um, you know, going forward when we did encounter that um, of how we could you know make it fair. And so what we came up with is if it's a true hang fire, we'll allow them to reset the stage and reshoot. Um, but if they had more than two hang fires, they'd be pulled off the line, and we'd have to inspect their ammo to see if it's safe, etc., or the gun. Um, but if it wasn't a hang fire. Um, if it was, you know, like a failure to pick up a round um, or, you know, you've just closed the bolt, empty chamber and pulled the trigger, um, that would be on you. So essentially that 30 seconds, the clock would still be running. And if you still had time after that 30 seconds, you could continue to shoot. But if, if that 30 seconds run you out of time, well, that's just that's too bad. Um, yeah, because I know one person who, who had it twice on two different stages. Yep. Um, I don't. Th- I. I don't think it really cost them. Um, the the entire. In, the, you know, they, it's not like they were probably going to come first. They could have placed a lot better than what they did. Mm. Um, but it certainly did cost people to to some sort of detriment. So it it was something to be very conscious and aware of to to be positive with a uh, with your own firearms and equipment. It's something I learned a, a lesson on. Make sure your bolt is right back before you slide <laughs> it forward. And it's one of those things you don't. No, until you ever experience it. 
Mm-hmm. And so it was something I picked up over the weekend. Last event, I broke my bolt stop on my stiller action. I pulled the bolt back so hard I punched myself in the face with it. That was <laughs> that, that, that was, was good. That was probably just karma. Um, I mean, no, this was this was before you, Greg. Oh right, couldn't yeah. happen to a nicer guy. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say. I mean, normally you'd ask someone else to sort of inflict that kind of karma, but you just done the done everyone a favor and just gone ahead and given yourself an uppercut. I yeah. have I have to say I've done the same thing with a Remington. Smack yeah. myself in the face. <laughs> yep. yep. Good stuff. So, um, brings us on to um, uh, the next stage, which is a farmer's work is never done. Nick, uh, do you want yes. to take us through that? Um, well, this was good because we, we kind of had a little bit of a um, little bit of time, so we could we could actually shoot as many times as we wanted, which is always a fantastic thing. So we had we had ninety seconds. So this was basically uh, the best way to describe it was we had a um, well it says on the, the book it was a rabbit at fifteen meters. It wasn't actually a rabbit. I believe we ended up putting a goat. Pig. Or ram pig. pig. Sorry, my mistake. Yeah. Um. And it was ended up being about ten or twelve meters or, or thereabouts. That that pig was and heavy, by the way, too. I dropped that on my damn toe. Um. But carry on. Karma, Greg. Karma. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and we also had a fox at uh two hundred and eighty four meters, a uh, full size standard uh, silhouetted fox. And it was basically we had to start with our mag in uh, the bolt back and all the usual stuff that goes with it, and we had to get a shotgun with a single round. And shoot um, the the pig, um, hit or miss, didn't really matter. Um, then go over to our. Um, uh, we had a hay bale to actually rest on. There you go. We we weren't allowed to use a bipod, were we? We just had to. No, no, um, no. You're allowed to use a bipod. Okay, sorry, but we had to be. Uh, we had to mount the firearm on the actual hay bale itself. So yeah. shooting across the hay bale. Yeah. Um, and then shoot at a fox target, and we had was it one or two shots. Uh, it was it, one one shot on the. It was hit to move on the fox. Hit. To, that's right. Yeah, hit to move. So for me, it would have been two to three shots. So <laughs> hit to move. <laughs> that's because you weren't using a bipod. Yeah, oh, maybe. Oh, you know what? If I if I didn't have the box on my back, it probably would have been alright. Yeah, yeah, it would have been. It would have so because correct me if I'm wrong, it was actually in the exact same position the next day, if I'm not mistaken. What? So what? that was a. No, uh, the stage it was run from exactly the same location. That stage. Uh, yes. No. 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 no, no it it wasn't. wasn't. No. It wasn't. No. It wasn't. No. It was run okay. from the next baffle up. Oh, the next baffle up. Sorry, my mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that wasn't too bad. I saw some. I I have to give props to a to a certain lovely gentleman that we shot with. You're welcome. Um, I said gentleman. <laughs> Sorry, I he, he was in our group. Um, he was actually a customer of mine. I won't mention his name, but he was so confident with that shotgun. He loaded it up, shot from the hip, and went back, and he never missed a shot. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I just couldn't believe this guy just put it in and blat. And the range officer just sort of looked at him. He's, he's like, well, you're not being unsafe because you're hitting the target. You know what you're doing? He's like, I've been shooting shotguns for 35 years <laughs> or something to that effect. So, um, yeah, he, he did rather well, though, Sage. Um, personally, um, I could have done a bit better. But for what it was, I enjoyed the stage because, um, again, it was breaking it up and um, using a different firearm. Um, a lot of, um, I don't know how many of you other guys uh, had sort of gone out, um, you know, shooting at night, shooting foxes or rabbits and, and chasing them down and getting an occasional hair. Uh, but shotguns are almost like a staple diet for, a, you know, for sort of shooting on the back of you. So I was, I was quite familiar with using a shotgun. Um, so it wasn't a, wasn't a problem for me at all, um, like loading and unloading it. But um, shooting that fox across the hay bale... Um, I don't know why. It did give me a little tiny bit of an issue, though. Um, right. I'm not really sure why. I think it was just the height of it. Me kneeling, sitting, it, it just didn't... Yeah, I know, the problem well. was you weren't in a box. That was the issue. Yeah, yeah. So maybe if I had the box here, it would have, you know, I could have just locked myself More in. Boxes, Greg, more boxes, Greg. More boxes. More boxes for next time, please, more sir. More boxes. <laughs> I, I found, um, and quite a few shooters in our um, sort of group, found that that hay bar was really, really stable to shoot off. Yeah, it was. I was still running that little a um that um Magpul uh, front stubby nub thing though. So <laughs> I think I was rolling or rocking on that. I think I'm pretty that sure is, that's yeah, that's thanks. how that's how they market it as well. Yeah, yeah the, the stubby nub. Thanks stubby to our sponsors, so, Magpul for their stubby nub. <laughs> yeah. So I think that was much to my sort of uh my own fault for not removing that beforehand to to get a decent purchase on the. But you know, live and learn. I know for next time. Yeah. This was the closest thing to what I've been normally doing shooting hares and foxes and shooting shotties and stuff like that. And um, Andrew did really well on this one as well. I think we, we both aced it. 
Yeah, it yeah. felt good when I did it. I just made sure that I had the bipod legs fully pulled out because watching the guys before me, they were sinking into the hay bale and it just wasn't a good position with the magazine sticking down in the middle. Probably uh, better than a Magpul stubby nub butt, right? Yeah, I reckon so. <laughs> uh, you can't really go past that Magpul stubby nub, though. It's you know, it's done. It's served me well for this long. You guys uh, have seen the uh, P-spin as well, the new P-spin from Magpul? No, I'll let you guys look at that. Oh, anyway, we'll move on. I was actually trying to find a photo. I've got a photo of that gong afterwards, and it had about a one-foot trench right in front of it <laughs> that spanned for about three feet long yeah, as everybody yeah. hit it. And this, uh, so I'll, I'll have to and find the photo later. There was, not, there was not a shred of paint left on that gong. <laughs> it was absolutely yeah. You'd even knocked left. all the paint off the back of it as well somehow. Uh, <laughs> and they also cut the top of the star picket that it was resting against as well. <laughs> so that was good as well. It was a bit of a yeah. tricky shoddy to fire because it was a double trigger and auto safety. Mm. Um, so There's that auto safety people call, out yeah. too, you know. Um, some of the guys that are used to shooting shotguns, it's like, oh, you know, which triggers which barrel and and the auto safety. It's just sort of yeah. level level playing field, mate. Level so playing field. Exactly. How did you guys figure out the barrels? Like, I did you pulled, do any technique? I just pulled both triggers at the same time from the hip. <laughs> That's exactly up. what I did. <laughs> Two fingers in. Let's go. Loaded in. Bang. Safety up. Bang. Bang. Gone. That's the way to go. No trouble. Good there. move. The blanket approach. <laughs> <laughs> oh good speaking of blankets um on to stage 13 last stage of the comp um dog anyone is, want to take us through oh sorry is it dog no, tired no, yeah dog tired i just i just wanted to just clarify what 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 does that have to do with a blanket move on mate move on segways um <laughs> so, balls and all, balls and all. <laughs> so um so, so the last box of the event yeah yeah uh, so, andrew do you Whoever wants to take us through Dog Tired, go for it. Well, um, Dog Tired was um, actually, you know, designed. Well, it was kind of a improvised design, but we it was designed and based around the uh, APRS club rifle. Um, so essentially, essentially, what what we had there was a a bunch of gnarly barricades that I'd built on uh, on with tires. Um, we had some tires hanging from chains, and we had. Uh, you know, some tyres that were sort of just bolted together that um, had to be rusty-proofed. Uh, but <laughs> we're not saying tyres off Greg's tricycle. We're, we're saying car tyres here. Yeah, that's yeah. correct. And, and I did manage to break the first barricade. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> first attempt. Yeah, so, you know, I, I went back and rusty-proofed um, everything. Uh, not, <laughs> not, that, not that that would have ever encountered that level of, um, let's just You say, never know, Greg. Uh, let's, no, no, let's, no, 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 I'm pretty sure I know. Nick, um, Nick was shooting. You're right. You're right. But there was no boxes involved, so um, that was it. Would have been a no-brainer. Um, but, so, but there was a tire to fit through. Do you remember that? Yeah, correct. <laughs> It'd be um, nice if we bought some new boxes. There, there was one sort of tricycle sort of size tire. <laughs> a tricycle size. Oh, you're right. There was actually. Yeah, there was one at the very those, top. Those people went through first, right at the like, top, I and you could push it right hard up against a barricade. And it was sort of like a really firm. Putting to take your first shot. I, I, I feel we haven't we way. haven't explained this stage <laughs> no, no, quite we, so we well. Greg, Greg, okay. Greg, take us through the the actual details. Okay, all right. So the the whole the whole thing of this is to be shooting the APRS um, club rifle. So everyone shot the same rifle. Um, now the um, oh, I should probably. Def- it was, I mean, it was a defiance action with a Bartland barrel and a Manor stock um, with a Night Force Beast scope on it. So it wasn't a shabby rifle. Um, in, in six and a half Creedmoor in as six, well. In six and a half Creedmoor. So, you know, it was a very atypical um, PRS rifle. Now, everyone had to shoot the same rifle, had five rounds. Uh, they basically moved from barricade to barricade, um, starting on the left-hand barricade. Um, and that's probably a good, what, 10 metres between uh, barricades? Yeah, it, was, it, was, yeah, it would have been yeah, about 10 or 15 metres between the barricades. So it was a lot of movement, which was good. Um, and... They basically had to. I think we changed that to a single target. No, no there were two targets. We we started off on the right hand side and then moved to the left. Correct. Yeah, we started on the right and there were two targets. But what we did, we changed the targets. That's right. Yeah, they're both fifty percent IPSCs. That's right. Exactly. Um, so Cause, yeah, because they were, they'll handle a three hundred wind mag at two hundred meters. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Thank you, butters. Uh, so yeah, so the uh, the premise of that was one one shot per position shoot. 
move, shoot, move, um, and until you're either out of time or out of rounds. Um, yeah, and only one person cleaned this stage, and it was Jamie Dennis. Um, so, you know, that was pretty fitting. Um, Jamie, who's obviously affiliated with Night Force and APRS, um, I think that, that was a very fitting uh, person to clean that stage. I call cheat. He had a lot of practice with that one gun. <laughs> yeah, I, I can I can tell you that he didn't because um, that rifle, you know, was only built, you know, a couple of weeks beforehand, and I'm pretty sure he didn't get that much time on it. So the, the bolt on that was quite stiff too, which threw a lot of people. Yeah, you really had to. Um, I don't know how it was set up, but you you couldn't soft feed it. It was actually explained to us. They said if you get a jam, or rather, when you get a jam, do not pull the bolt back. Just hit it forwards. Um, it actually Slam worked. it in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you sort of you had to drive it like you stole it, and it I actually worked. So I actually think was it was a, it was only one. I think it was only really one problem with the magazine. Um, it was a magazine that was causing the issues. We got yeah, rid of, I think we, it was the magazine. We got rid of that magazine, and it 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 fed well, very well. So yeah, but the issue was really with the magazine, and once we've sort of you know identified that, we removed that magazine. So other than that, it was, a, it was an absolutely beautiful rifle. Yeah, it, it's it's a top tier rifle system. That thing. Um, yeah. A lot of people actually complained, uh, was specifically <clears> our group, um, about the trigger. I know they were running a dual trigger on it, and it was set to point oh 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 three of a pound. <laughs> the funny thing is, th- th- this will sort of scare you guys. My trigger's lighter. I run somewhere about an eight ounce um, Timmy trigger, and everyone's like, "Oh, that trigger's too light." And a few people actually dry fired mine afterwards, like. Holy crap, like, how do you manage with this thing? I'm like, mm, I don't know, I just sort of... Not do. very well. You, you, so. <laughs> so you're like a bit of a Jedi and just use the force and think about pulling the trigger and it fires. <laughs> what you do is you think about it really hard and then you squeeze an eye and then it goes. He just bumps it on the side of a box and it fires. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's From inside the box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> no, look, that... The, the trigger, the trigger that, was a, that was an all-round, um, uh, let's say... It, it was a... a it was a it was a group consensus that the that the trigger was on the lighter side, um, and you know going forward, I probably would va- you know I would sort of I'd say we should be aiming for around a one point five to one point eight pound trigger would be a quite a all round trigger for everyone. Uh, but at the end of the day, everyone shot the same trigger. Um, yeah, so- I think it was a good I think it was a good leveler because a lot of people had never experienced a, a quality trigger that light before you know particularly a rifle of that level as well so it was quite a different setup for people just a question because i never got near that stage um could you dry fire it prior to yes no. the stage yes you could no. yeah oh oh we <laughs> yeah. i asked that and i was told i couldn't oh i, I couldn't either okay well yeah, uh, we the, never got the option the the in the stage brief you were supposed to be allowed to First, sight the rifle. Make sure that the eye, make sure that the the scope was to your eye. If you had to make any we adjustments, got, um, we got to do that in the parallax. Yes. Yeah, and you were able to cycle the bolt. Yes. Yep. Oh, okay. Well, we were told we specifically couldn't cycle the bolt or um, play with the trigger. So. Yeah. Well, you couldn't play. With, right. You couldn't really play with the trigger. We're not going to let you get your tools out and start lightening up a trigger. Um, but. Uh, well, know, I am a gunsmith, Greg. You. Yeah. <laughs> There's, you, there's a lot of things that you are, Nick. Um, you're right, and we, and we can't allow all of those things to be, um, you know, taking place there on the line either. Just, just call me Box Bandit from now on, shall we? <laughs> a Nick's box is never empty. <laughs> so many connotations we yeah. can say with that. So, um, moving on, um, it was a, it was a good stage though because it did actually teach people a different position. So, summary of that, it was a. A very interesting stage having to uh, shoot from you know swinging tires and that so yeah I enjoyed it didn't do well had a lot of fun <laughs> I guess <laughs> good fun well that's all that's all thirteen of the stages um, that were were shot at the competition did you um, let me ask you guys Andrew starting with you did you like the mix the variation of the stages did you feel it sort of covered everything it could. There are thoughts. So. I don't think it ever got old. There was always something different thrown into the mix just to keep it interesting and um, keep the brain working. Um, but no, it's definitely going to sort of help my shooting skills because you've got to learn a whole lot of different positions and different things um, very quickly in, in time frame. So no, I thought the course of fire was awesome. Yeah, I always think a, a good course of fire is one that... Um I guess th- this type of shooting is very 
um, good at exploring the, the range of shooting. You can't just be good at shooting a thousand meters or good at uh, shooting standing to, to do well in this sport. You have to be a very versatile shooter. And that's perhaps where it's got a lot of favor from hunters, especially, um, who have to be very versatile in how they shoot. Sean, um, you, you've, you and others have mentioned quite a few times that it's beneficial not to be first. Do you want to go into that and perhaps being your first competition, um, how that sort of played out and what you learnt from that? Yeah, the... Uh, benefit of not going first in your group is you get to see what other guys are doing and what works for them. And you, and you can look at them and it's like, oh, hang on. That's something I hadn't even thought of what they try. And, and you can have a crack at that. And it's like, well, yeah, that, that makes it a lot easier, especially on this, the multi-stages where you can, you know, grab one, one sort of box and put it there and, and the other. And it's like, where do people shoot from here and where do people shoot from there? So it's like... <laughs> Don't ask me that. <laughs> when you're shooting from inside the box or outside the box, it's it it just gives you a bit, a little bit more time to think and see what other people are doing because this is totally new to me. You know, it's, was it what you expected in a competition? Like you'd obviously seen some stages and people shot it. Was it what you actually expected going to a competition? I've watched quite a few of the videos going on in the PRS and stuff in the US um, le- leading up to this comp. So it was, uh, I had a, a little bit of an idea, but there was just so much that was just, I had, wouldn't have even thought of. So it's like, Greg, you've done such a fantastic job on bringing all this together and lining up all these different courses of fire. It's, um, and having that uh, unknown is what makes it so fun, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, we'll appreciate that, mate. So you want to come back and do another one then? Oh, yeah, well, sign me up, sign me up. Yeah, he actually... I'm, I'm, he gonna actually... Be, I'm going to be trying to get more of my friends in to, to do it, you know? And I've actually, since I've got home, because I've got my little fella who, who shoots 22, since we've got home, nearly every night when he comes home from school, we lay out the blanket down on a little 50-metre range, and it's like, righto, you've got to shoot a spinner, then you've, once you hit it, you've got to run over to that log stump over there and then come back and then you can shoot like an egg because we've got lots of eggs and stuff. You can shoot an egg. And then you've got to run back over, touch the stump, come back down, and then you can shoot this spinner. And so we've set our own little mini PRS. And, you know, me and my son, we've been timing each other and you've got two minutes to do it and that sort of thing. And So, so what you're saying is your son's going to come out and beat all of us next time. <laughs> I, I reckon you at he's going to whip your ass. Yeah. <laughs> watch out. Watch out. Rusty knows my son. <laughs> he came up to the um, Kaikai. Yeah, he's a good lad. And he's, yeah, he's a good he's lad. Crack little shot. So, yeah, watch out. <laughs> yeah, good. And, and, and Andrew, what have you taken away from the, the comp? Well, I reckon the, the, the best thing that I've taken away from it is just meeting a whole lot of new people up there that I've never even met before. But that's, you know, just really easy people to talk to and help you out. Um, and, yeah, so a lot of contacts, um, and I also now know what I need to work on, you know, to progress further and, and do better. Um, but, yeah, mostly I just had an absolute ball. I think it took me about two weeks just to stop thinking about shooting at things, to be honest. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, absolutely had a, had a ball and met a heap of great people. And anyone that was thinking about doing it, um, yeah, I'd say just get into it. Even if you, I, I went up by myself, I didn't know anyone at all probably a couple of people from Castle Maine, but it didn't matter. I still had an absolutely awesome weekend. So, yeah, I'll be back, definitely. So. Interesting observation on that. And, and Greg, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Nick, uh, you're, you've shot all the, the events you've been involved with. Greg's helped sort of run one of them. Um, but your take as well. I, I remember walking around um, the first Friday night of the PRI, and it was just nerve central. <laughs> and, then, and then there was me. And then, <laughs> Saturday night, the bonds had started to form. Yeah, and and then we we had the second PRI, which was earlier this year, and and I saw um on the the Friday night again nerve central, but more guys knew each other, yeah. and and then um but then still quite nervous, and then on the Saturday night again, you know, it was all sort of you know we're all mates and and know each other and all this sort of gear, and then uh, seeing the PRS once again. 
the Friday night was quite, well, from what I saw, was quite a little on edge, a little like just, you know, we're just here sussing things out. But what I noticed is that the groups of of nervous people talking together were larger groups because more people knew each other. And then Saturday night, everyone's, you know, sort of hanging out together in in, in that main area and chatting away. I don't think anybody was really um, playing, I, I guess the phrase, playing it close to their chest. So, you know, sort of um, someone's got the inside edge. Everybody was there and it, it wasn't sort of like a um, uh, everyone's out, you know, for themselves. Everybody was helping each other, saying like, oh, what do I do with this? And someone's like, oh, well, um, you know, if, you, if you're shooting a stage like this, maybe you should sort of, you know, kneel or, or hold yourself like this. A, a common thing um, which I learned from somebody um, in the last uh, Precision Rifle Invitational, uh, the two-day event we had, and I think it might have actually been Lucas who uh, showed someone who ended up showing me. Um, I think it was actually from him. Uh, one of the stages we had to take a knee, and 99% of shooters will put their weak knee, uh, sorry, their strong side knee down. So if you're right-handed, you'll put your right knee on the ground. And he said, no, 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 you're doing it backwards. Put your left knee on the ground and put your right elbow on your right knee and support yourself that way. Or if you've got a bag, run it that way. And I tried it and, and instantly I could hold the, the fire. I'm a lot more uh, supportive. Um, and we actually, uh, I was telling a few guys about that at the time, saying, oh, if we've got a position, maybe have a look at this. And, and we're actually sitting around the Friday night, uh, you know, having a bit of a laugh around the, around the campfire, sort of, you know, dropping down to a knee and practicing a position with a stick. So it was... It was something different that, you know, and, and nobody was out to sort of, you try to beat anyone. We were out there just to help each other. And it was, because, you know, if it's, I mean, I went there as a sponsor mainly um, to, to sort of enjoy and help people out. I had actually, uh, we had a couple of um, firearms on the line that did have some technicalities. Yeah. You, um, so I did. ended up having to stop what I was doing to go on to um, sort of help Gunsmith that. Including Mick, who ended up winning the event. Certainly did. He required a new bolt. Which was rather rather interesting. So thank you for that person. Uh, but we were able to headspace check it and get everything going again. But yeah, everybody was very very helpful on the day. So I think once they realised that nobody's out there um, against people, we're all there. Like no matter what happened, we're all like, you know, someone shot really well. It's like, well done, mate. That was awesome. What was the wind like? <laughs> so I've got I've got a little story about helping mates out, which sort of might have done me out of position, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> Thank you for that. It was well done. <laughs> the, the night before, um, Andrew was head of me. And he, we we met because I, I went there without knowing anyone as well. And he said, mentioned, oh, I've got this ammo I've reloaded, but it's it's too long f- from a mag. And I said, oh, well, come over to the camper van. I've brought him a reloading gear, and we just sort of basically <laughs> g clamped it to the table. And then I brought. Uh, we call those guys Boy Scouts. Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> Boy Scouts with all the tools. So cut, come over and 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 put all your ammo through your through my press. And have a couple of beers and have a bit. Right, of he even so, fed me beer. It was good. Yeah, <laughs> he, was, he was trying to—he was trying to get you pissed so that you couldn't uh, function the next day. But yeah. the funny thing was, his ammo was fine. He didn't care about the ammo. Yeah. He just wanted the free beer. That's yeah. all it was about. <laughs> so you know, that's you know, helping your friends out and getting them all going again. Um, otherwise, you would have been—you you would have been single feeding the next day. I would have so. been all day Sunday, mate. So I reckon I owe you a few more beers for that too. So yeah, um, single, single feed him a case of beer. Yeah, <laughs> one at a time. That'll do. We'll, we'll catch up for the next competition. Yeah, for sure. I think that's the way to go. I think you guys are giving me a new project beer magazines. <laughs> I'll get right onto that. If voice, you buddy. can't nick that, it'd be worse. Yeah, I'll get onto that one. You want the belt fed version? That, that would be belt fed, would, be, would make the podcast a whole different level. Yeah, it'd be something. It'd be outside the box, I'll tell you that. Well, outside. Um, um, I do have to give a quick shout out to one of the guys in our group who Thanks, who mate. came uh, was <laughs> well on that person. Thank you, Greg. Um, no, uh, Big Al, uh, who who didn't place very well at all. Uh, Al Skulls. memory is that yeah. Al Skulls? Yeah. What a legend! What a he, guy! He's he was an awesome guy. He kept the spirits up, and he was quite prepared to tell jokes with me while we were both shooting. So that that was entertaining. <laughs> um, but as bad as he went, he had some terrible. Drop data. He ended up coming on Thursday, I believe. He was down there Thursday. Wednesday was out Wednesday, there. Wednesday, trying to get some data. And he'd only quite literally just sort of loaded up the ammo and goes, oh, I found this recipe online. I think this is what I need. And it started to fall apart for him. So we're sitting there with our ballistics couch trying to get him some drop data and trying to walk him on target while he's actively doing a match. 
Um, and no matter how bad he went, he was the most upbeat, nicest guy to be around. And yep. he's another guy I'd love to shoot next to because he was just a top guy. Yep. And, and I think, I've, sorry, go ahead, Greg, because no. I think you're going to say what I said. Um, no, no, go. No, I just, I, I think that's what I, I love about the sport is that yeah. the guys in general. Everyone helps everyone. Yeah, everyone helps everyone. And, and it's just, it's just, it's just fun times to be around those sorts of guys, like-minded people and have a bit of a laugh and shoot some targets. If you hit, great. If you don't, then you tell a joke and you get on with the job. I've yeah. got a really good story on, on our trip to there. My friend that I entered, um, come on, you're coming along. He had a Remington 700 and um, he put a scope I lent him on there and uh, we were on the way there and it's like that morning he was at my house and it was, we were trying to sight it in and I was like, we just can't sight this thing in. It was just wandering left, right, up, down. And it's like, okay, well, we've got to get on the road. Let's go. Otherwise, we won't get there in time to sight it in at um, Mildura. So we, we headed off and um, we were going through, I think, Swan Hill. Um, and because we used quite a bit, because we were doing hand loads, we'd used most of his ammo up. And it was like, okay, well, we'll pull into Swan Hill into the gun store there and we'll just buy another case of ammo for you. So uh, that's what we did. But there were 135 grains in 308 and he was, he was using a Remington 700 in 308. We got some data. We got the, we got the ballistics. We got the speed. We, and, and we worked out his rail was all loose and then his scope mounts were, were knackered. They wouldn't tighten up. Oh, I did hear about that, yeah. yeah. So and, uh, we threw in, a, I had a Ruger Precision as well, so I threw that in the back um, just in case. So he ended up using that. So he was shooting the whole weekend with a, a rifle he'd never shot before, with ammo he'd never shot before, with a scope he'd never shot before, and sighted it in on the way there and um, got it all going. Bloody and, uh, Sean, Sean MacGyver McNally. Well, <laughs> um, but he had a great time. So, yeah. speaking of Rugers, we had a guy rock up with a, uh, a Ruger M. Uh, was it Ruger Scout in three hundred eight, and he shot that for the weekend. He did well, and didn't the, he, Ben? The, but yeah. you know the most impressive thing about that about that was his beard. His beard was glorious, <laughs> and he smoked a pipe. Oh, the 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 tobacco pipe. And again, he was just. Um, we actually ended up uh, camping right next to him. Um, I'm not going to say slept next to him. I'm just going to say we camped next to each other. And you're pretty camped next to him. <laughs> we, we, we were camping. No matter where you um, are, you're camped. Th- that's exactly right. Thank you. Um, so he was, again, he was just the most upbeat and just everybody was just, he was just a great guy to be around. He, he, um, he lifted everybody's spirits as well, even the next day, even though he didn't do quite well himself. It was he just didn't a, do badly though, to be fair. Oh no. Well, um, he said he'd never shot anything like that before and he just came out with his old 308 and because I'll put a scope on it and thought I'd have a crack so and guess what he did and he did wonderfully he did he did fantastic Greg I, I think um I was surprised by the amount of guys that came out to this event who just went I I just want to be at it and do it and didn't necessarily have the equipment not necessarily the knowledge but walked away from it thoroughly enjoying themselves and did it for the the fact that they just they want to have a crack at the first PRS there was in Australia and um, in, in a number of uh, cases actually surprised themselves about it. Yeah, no, um, look, uh, we, that was a really big thing. Um, uh, probably the predominant um, question I, I got leading up to it was, you know, should I have this, should I have that? And, you know, I had a few conversations with a few guys. Um, you know, actually Sean was one of them. Um, you know, mm-hmm. sort of steered, steered Sean um, the way he went. Um, and, I yeah, was trying and, to set up two rifles at the same time. I was trying to set up a Ruger Precision with the US Optics and yeah. a Lithgo with the, the Vortex. So I'm yeah. just sort of lucky I had that spare rifle to lend. But So both scopes were worth more than a rifle. Well done. Yeah. Oh, so you, you would have been shooting support and dominant shoulder the entire comp. <laughs> I, I, I believe it's called... done both hands, bang, bang, bang. I believe it's called akimbo when you do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dual and I could, have, I could have ridden my Segway while I did both of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Well, there was, a, there was also a guy, um, Steve, like Steve Spielman. He, he rocked up with his old farm 308 without he a magazine feed. 
And he had a yeah. ripper of a time. He top fed every time and tell you what, he was pretty efficient too. Do you know do you know Steve rang me prior to the event and he said, Matt, I want to do it. I'm 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 on board. I, I um had a few questions. He came out, he was on that same course you were on, Sean, the the week before, although albeit using a different rifle. But anyway, he, he rocked up and went swift then. That's right on the course, and then came out with a three away and, and didn't realise he hadn't actually quite his data for it. <laughs> but he, um, um, top bloke, and and the right attitude for the entire weekend. But he he said to me that the reason he shot the event was he wanted to be part of the first PRS in Australia. That was the only reason he shot it, <laughs> and he had a ball of a time, and has since booked in for our rimfire uh, shoot in a few weeks. Oh, excellent! Mm-hmm. Yes. I would so, so love to do that, but un- unfortunately, work won't do it. My wife is shooting that, and she's going to put me to shame. My wife too. is shooting that, and uh, well, she score better than I will because I'm not shooting it. Um, <laughs> so it will, uh, um, yeah, it'd be good. But no, Steve just. It, perfect attitude for it and just really encouraging and and i tell you what his magazine was a hat and he had all his rounds in a hat and he'd put his hat down next to his gun (laughs) and just load from his hat and i i thought it was sensational i just didn't matter and i think that's greg perhaps um to bring it back to more serious note i think a lot of guys had questions um to both you and me about equipment and and should you know have i got the right stuff for the job and all that sort of gear and a bloke like steve who um uh, basically embodied the, the attitude we were looking for of, mate, I've got a Ruger M77 with a, um, a top feed internal magazine um, and I'm going to have the best time anyway and it doesn't matter how much I hit or how much I missed. And he hit a bit. He didn't do badly. It was walked... his farmer clothing I enjoyed the most. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he walked away with a half-decent prize as well. Um, yeah. so he, he, um, he thoroughly enjoyed himself, I think. Yeah. Well, uh, he, he, got a, um, he got a Vortex rangefinder and it's like, spewing all of that. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. No, and that's, that's right. Equipment, equipment we, we had to try and stress. We couldn't stress that enough that, you know, shoot what you have. Um, you know, if you don't have something, then we were giving guys advice on what the best thing was to, to try and, you know, fill the void. Um, but, you know, shoot what you have. Don't go and buy more gear that, you know, that you probably no. won't get a chance to use. Just shoot what you have. Um, and it was good that we had some guys that really, you know, really sort of embodied that and just came with what they had and had a great time doing it. So, mm. yeah. And Greg, do, and do you want to... Um, the, the way the prizes were given out too, it's not necessarily... That's what I was going to mention as yeah. well, yeah. Yeah, just before we get onto that, one of the things I was going to say with equipment is that the so many guys think they have to buy the right stuff to shoot the comp. And I'll tell you what, um, and I've seen it repeatedly, both in the positive and the negative, is shoot the comp and then buy the gear. Yeah, run what, you, what at, you've got. Run yeah, because what, what happens is that over the course of the weekend, uh, not only do you realize where you, you – I mean, Andrew, I think you said it best that, that you worked out the areas that you needed to work on, and, and that's both in technique, understanding, knowledge – and perhaps equipment plays a role in that as well, um, where you can work out, ah, no, this would have actually been really useful. And you and you also then get to see guys utilize equipment in, in an effective way. You go, you know what, I'm going to, det- I'm, I'm determined to learn how to use, I'm looking at, um, currently looking at some pump pillows, which are one of the pieces of equipment that often can either go really well for people or really poorly they for people. They can be a blessing and a curse. Yeah, and so if, you, know, you may decide, I look, I, I saw Lucas and Crispy run those and they ran them really effectively and I'm going to spend the time to learn how to use them. Or you may you know, say, well, um, no, I'm, I'm not going to utilize them. I've found, I saw someone do something different and something very basic and utilize one bag for the entire event and make it work very, very well. So I think I think um, for those guys who are perhaps uh, challenged with equipment, shoot the comps and then slowly work out what equipment you need. Prizes, that's what we're trying to talk about, prizes. Sorry, over to Greg. Sure, yeah. So, yeah, look, that was, that was something that I wanted to ensure that it wasn't just – I mean, we wanted to reward the guys that did really well, um, but we also wanted to get some good prizes into the hands of, of people that may not have done well or just, just people that were, you know, didn't 
possibly, you know, it wasn't based upon position. So we did some random draws. Uh, we basically sort of staggered a bunch of, uh, we, you know, we let our top guys have a walk. Then we, then we had a, a random RO draw. Then we let a few more of the guys have a walk. And then we just staggered it that way and just, you know, integrated some, some random draws for ROs and for competitors as we went on. Um, and actually everybody, legitimately, everybody got a prize. What did one of the ROs get off the table? He got a... a Lithgow 102. I, he got a Lithgow rifle. I was speaking yep. to that guy that got the Lithgow rifle after... <laughs> yep, after Derek. Event. Yeah, yep. I know. Where, I know where this story is going. <laughs> and um, no, I, I did. I went up and chatted to him, and because I was asking him what sort of uh, caliber he was looking at and that sort of thing, and I told him that I'd just shot with the Lithgow, and I said he was just an absolute tack driver. And we were talking about because they've got a metric thread on them, which is unusual, and to put a uh, not for Australia. Well, muzzle brakes are usually like five twenty fours, you know, mm. but it's a metric fourteen. So we were talking about that and gave him a bit of information and he was absolutely stoked. He was absolutely stoked that he'd won a whole rifle, you know. And and the ROs are the hardest... A bit, bit, bit rude giving him half a rifle, wouldn't it? Well, you could give him that and next time maybe he'd win the bolt, but that just wouldn't be fair. <laughs> I was having a quick word with what I was going to mention before. I had a quick word with him. There was a, a twenty two two fifty rifle in the double SAA mag about eight years ago as a draw uh, draw prize. You know, they've got in the back of the double SAA mag. Yep. He won that a few years ago. <laughs> so he won. This is like, oh, I keep getting all these free guns. I'm like, yeah, step away, son. Step away. <laughs> He's a rifle winning machine. Yes. Stand down. Stand down. But that, quite that, well. But the, uh, with, without these, with, without the ROs, you don't have an event. They're That's the hardest, some of the hardest. Oh, no, they did well. The organisers and the ROs, you know, big thanks to them because, really, without them, we haven't got an event. Mm. Um, yeah. Hey, um, I have to... Uh, Greg, how, many, how much value was in sponsorship was, was for this event? Like, did we have a total tally? Yeah, well, actually, we, we'd advertise it as 35 grand, but it was well over 35 grand. You know, we advertised it at 30, but I think it was pushing beyond 40. Yeah, I believe everybody got away with some, but um, I personally got away with a um, the applied. You ballistics. got away with a whole. Stack I got away of stuff, with a man. lot of things. Um, <laughs> I managed to a uh, scam away to get the applied ballistics library, I guess as it were, um, yep. which was kindly donated so you by picked uh, that up? by Huntsman Firearms, wow. and who I am eternally grateful for. I've been trying to read it. Some I was going to say, all you need to do now is learn how to read. Yeah, yeah. Once, once I, I mean, I needed some toilet paper. That's where the dunny roll <laughs> went because during the preppers thing, my toilet paper got stolen. So. <laughs> Um, so I've watched the DVDs um, and I've started reading one of the books and a lot of it, it starts very basic, but it works its way up and I can tell I'm going to get out of my depth. Even though I work with firearms for a living, I can tell it's going to, it's going to come to haunt me, but I've taken something away. So um, what did you other guys get? Like did, I, something that, cool or what? That, that's another thing. I, I, I've got a couple of those um, Brian Litz's books on the applied ballistics and I've learned so much from them. That's a little thing I can recommend for people who... Uh, thinking of getting into this, it really shows you what you have to concentrate on and what you don't need to concentrate on so much. And well, I heard I heard Nick's going to be selling his because he can't read, so he's just going to get the audio books. So they'll be up on eBay like real soon. <laughs> I like the pictures. Yeah. <laughs> and there's, there's not, not many, so many. I like a, there's not many like pictures. There's a, a lot of graphs. There's no the pop pictures. <laughs> I like a do it the pictures. <laughs> Oh, good. And, and and we all know what Andrew walked away with. Yes. You lucky bugger. Yeah, yep. I can't wait to put that on. It was the Vortex um, HD, the Gen 2, four and a half to 27. But, yeah, just yep. looking through it, I just can't wait for the mounts to show up to get it on. I think I'm going to be in another world with that on there. <laughs> the the prize table comes about, and we, we certainly need to um, say thanks to a, a number of companies who did support with this event. Um, Greg, do you want to do you want to – Maybe go through some of the gold sponsors, um, say a bit of thanks, and I'll run through some silver. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, first of all, the series and match sponsor, Vortex. Um, I mean, uh, they haven't – I I would say that they haven't had um, as much exposure here in, in, in Australia. Like, considering, like, we had – how many Vortex – we only had two Vortex shooters in the whole – in the whole – Really? Well, yeah. I, I'm pretty wow. – I'd have to go back through and double. Hang on, what 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 do you mean? Uh, I believe that we only had two 
or three vort- uh, people shooting a vortex scope in the competition. Can I call an adjudication on that one? No. Yeah, no. I, 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 I think. I, I mean, I have to go back and check. I have to go back and check the data, but I'm fairly certain there was only two or three. Um, which well, one of th- one of them won? That's correct. Yeah. Yep. That's right. One took the top spot. Um, yeah. And Sean, you were shooting the other one, and I believe yep. there was someone shooting a PST. Yeah, uh, I was going to say the one guy in our group, I think, had a PST. Yeah, yeah. So that's the only one that I remember. But anyway, uh, point of the point of the story, long long winded, but Vortex, you know, have been excellent. Um, you know, everything they've they've said they were going to deliver, they will deliver, um, and more. Um, so they're our goal, they're our um, series and match sponsor. Uh, but I mean, Nick, Nick was uh, on board. Nick from Ignition Customs was on board as one of our sponsors. So a big thank you to you, Nick. On you, Nick. Good on you, Nick. <laughs> thank you. Um, and, uh, and we had uh, APRS, uh, Manor Stocks, Badger, 511, Huntsman, Oztech Arms, Bartland, and 7mil.com, Kestrel, Lithgo Arms, and Profab Gunworks. Um, now, uh, and out of those sponsors, we we had, you know, we had Rob from Huntsman, we had Jamie uh, and Ashley from APRS, um, you donated that. I uh, sponsored the rifle for that. That's that was correct. That was yep. Good. yep. Um, and we had Borny, Mark Bourne from Kestrel, um, obviously Nick. So, you know, we had a few guys down there that were actually helping us out, ROing as well. So not only providing great prizes, but actually providing their time um, to help us out with the event, which, mate, uh, as I said, we've, we've said it a million times, the, it, the event wouldn't have run smoothly without their help. Um, so, you know, and there's, I'll, I'll let you, Rusty, go through some of the silver guys because we had some more guys there as well. Another shout-out to Nick from Ignition Custom there. Yep. Um, uh, as well as Magneto Speed, um, obviously do the uh, awesome chronographs, um, Mission Critical, uh, who do the Mission Critical designs through Huntsman's Firearms, who did the uh, the tripods uh, that we used, uh, Hog Saddle as well, who were also linked in with that. Um Weebad um, and Geoballistics, STS Steel Targets, as well as uh, Impact Dynamics and Armory Athlete as well. Also, also, also on their um, Light React. Um, yes, the Light React. Yeah. Now, look, those systems weren't in play in this event. They'll be back and they'll be up and running for the next event. Um, so, yeah, no, 100% Light React too. Yeah, cool, and and it really does take a, a huge amount of sponsorship to make this sort of thing happen. Um, so I guess, um, guys, is there anything else we need to we need to mention? We need to uh, talk about um, I, overall. You guys enjoy the event. Take thermal underwear. <laughs> take 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 actual underwear, Nick. Yeah, it's not I, I had underwear. I had a no, no, I, no. You didn't did have happen to have a that was Swiss cheese, mate. I had a I had a undergarment malfunction from ripping, but that's all right. I got there. <laughs> it shows how, how committed you were to shooting the event. Yes. Um, so. did, sorry, did we mention Tim from Extra Vision there? It came down and narrowed oh, as well. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I did, don't think yes. we did. Yeah. No, we didn't. No, Tim from uh, yeah Extra Vision, which are which are our Australian representatives um, of Vortex. Um, yeah, yeah. Tim, Tim from Extra Vision, mate. Big shout out to you. Yeah, I can't believe we nearly forgot you. Um, we didn't yeah, forget him. We, did, we, we saved the best to last. Absolutely. No, no. He he kicked ass on 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 the stages he ran. So um, yeah, no. Big shout out to him and Vortex Australia um, slash Extra Vision. And the Canadian um, syrup slurper. He, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was awesome. He was a great great RO. Put everyone. He does all right. Yeah, he did. He really does good. all right. He does all right. He's a character. Not not bad for a Canadian. Um, and and so um, yeah, and I think that the um, the thing it was so good to see industry represented as an RO because I and I don't know who said it. Someone said it that that you know as shooters we spend a lot of money with various you know organisations and websites and bits and pieces that we may not necessarily see and then just to meet the guys behind those websites shops or phone numbers or whatever it is yeah. and to to 
see them there and they're actually there uh, ROing, particularly the ROs. The guys shot, obviously, you know, are there and present and chatting away, which is good. But then guys who come down and donate their time for no massive side benefit, just purely yeah. to give their time to the shooters that are actually supporting their businesses, mm. I think shows a huge amount of respect for um, the guys who are willing to put the money into this sport. Um, and, you know, obviously Borny and, and from Kestrel and Rob from Huntsman, Tim from Extra Vision and a, a number of other guys. Um, Rob from Huntsman is awesome to deal with. I've bought quite a few products from him and he's just an absolute star. I, yeah, I was going to mention that I've dealt with him quite a few times, uh, you know, with, with transfers and dealing and doing some gunsmithing work. And actually getting a, a – I only got a brief chance to talk to him, but actually putting a name to a face was yeah. was quite a good thing. Um, I deal with, uh, I've dealt with Mark Bourne quite a bit from Kestrel Australia, so it was actually good catching up with him again in person because we hadn't seen each other for quite a while. So yeah, it was good catching up with a lot of uh, – uh, from the sponsor side of things, it was actually good catching up with a lot of those guys and, and making some good solid connections again. So, and also um, special mention to uh, Richard from Lithgow as yes. well for coming down. I, I got to, and, I got to meet uh, Richard. At, at I shouted at Richard before. for you. Yeah, now, <laughs> no, you got me a stubby holder through him. No, 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 no. Let's clarify. Richard got you a stubby holder. Yes. I just yelled at him. That's right. you, you Have you got short a stubby holder yet? <laughs> uh, well, I don't have any, but I'll just go grab one off my couple of boys that are here shooting. And, so I got That's right, mate. a couple of hats and stubby holders. Oh, yeah. There you go. From, so, a, from a sponsor thanks, side Rusty. of things, um, <laughs> from a sponsor no, thanks, side Richard. of things, it, it did actually go surprisingly smooth. Um, I wasn't going to shoot it at first or, you know, represent, um, you know, Ignition Custom, but I thought, no, no, no I'm going to go down. Um, I had a couple of firearms already in, uh, in the competition. I'd already had some custom builds in there and I thought that would be enough, but um, I, I can't remember if it was Greg or Sam, one of these two guys said, no, no, just just come down and shoot anyway. Don't worry about it, just come and shoot. This is what I'm like, you know what, let's do this. And I'm glad I did, and it would actually be quite, you know, I'd encourage other people to actually sponsor other businesses out there to get involved and actually come down because you'll make some great connections. It's good, to, but you get to meet your customers. You get to meet the people you work with, yep. um, like all your customer base, and it's just fantastic from a sponsor side of thing. It was done very, very well and very professionally, so... You know, we were thoroughly happy with the with the total result of the thing. I mean, okay, middle of came fifteenth, so that's that's a good kick up the butt for me. Yeah, um, yeah but that's not it's that's, a, that's not you doing your gun justice. I mean, if if you had given your gun to someone useful, then it probably would have shot even better. Someone who shoots I've, outside the. Box. I've always said my gun is a hundred percent accurate. Yeah. Unfortunately, I just don't aim at the right target. <laughs> <laughs> that's always that's always my problem. Oh, good, and and um, yeah, I think that's that's good. And, and look, I'm going to leave this on one last. Uh, one last comment. Thank you guys all for your time and your input into this discussion. Greg, you did some amazing trophies, but they're bloody huge. They were way big. <laughs> they were huge. Well, they're bloody huge. That's awesome. Mine's still sitting on the table. And, and carry wanted, on as carry-on luggage is yep. like, hello. <laughs> well, I wanted, I, wanted every, I wanted this event. I wanted everything about this event to be big. I got those trophies. Uh, look, Anyone who's going to have that trophy sitting on their mantle is going to be proud. Um, so, oh, yeah. you know. Proud of how strong their mantelpiece is. <laughs> it's a well-built hey, Andrew, mantle. Andrew, are you building a new mantelpiece for yours? Yeah. <laughs> Mine's sitting in the land room on, on top of the tally unit, and I've told the missus it's not moving for anywhere for a long time still. I like it there. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Andrew, I reckon if you if you t run some cables, you could use that thing as an antenna, and you'd probably get the best reception you ever had before. I reckon it's the best trophy I've ever seen, to be honest. In shooting, I I'd agree. They were yeah. very impressive. It actually had the Vortex logo on it as well, which I thought was yeah. uh, was a nice touch. Yeah, so that came out quite well. No, well. no, very good. Well done, Greg. Well done, mate. No dramas. Excellent, guys. Just remember to bolt it down so no one steals it. From you. <laughs> oh, no one could. Oh, no one can lift around. it. <laughs> Uh, it's too heavy to steal. All right. Excellent, guys. Well, thank you very much for your time. I'm glad you guys all enjoyed it. No doubt, Greg, there will be another one at some point in the future. Got to be bigger and better. Yeah. They're, they're more more boxes. Lots uh, more boxes. More boxes, smaller trophy. <laughs> I could promise there's going to be more boxes, but I cannot promise that the trophies will be smaller. <laughs> oh, not those kettleballs again, either. Bloody kettleballs. Kettle oh, <laughs> kettleballs are everywhere. <laughs> Oh, there's kettleballs everywhere. Anyway, so guys, thank you very much for your time and uh, and congratulations to all you guys for finishing thank shooting you. very, very well. Greg, for running a successful event and for me for staying in a motel. 
That's what well I'm done. Staying, <laughs> staying warm is key. That's exactly right, guys. Oh, thank you very much for tuning in, and uh, I guess we'll uh, we'll chat to you again soon, and we'll see you all at the next PRS. I'll Thanks, mate. See you later. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast. To continue the discussion, check out our Facebook page. And for more information, head to our website, www.precisionshootingpodcast.com.au. This episode was brought to you by Impact Dynamics, advanced training for the precision shooter.